0: I'll be honest with you, I'm the most proud of being a father, being a husband, and most importantly, representing the family name the correct way. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy.
1: What's going on, everybody? Already here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood Podcast. I'm very happy to have this guy. If you're into sports, you listen to ESPN radio, then of course you hear him. It's none other than Harry Douglas. Thanks for taking the time. Harry, how you doing, sir?
0: I'm doing well. I'm excited to be on. And uh, you know, I love doing anything where I can be on video or I can talk to people. <laughs> I'm a people person.
1: Yes, you are, sir. And you're also a great dad. <laughs> and if, if people follow you on social media, they know that family and fatherhood are is a huge priority for you, man. So you got two kids. I got two kids as well. Talk a little bit about your father journey. When you found out you were going to be a dad for the first time, what was going through your mind, sir?
0: It was amazing. Uh, we was in Nashville, me and my wife at the time. That's when I was playing with the Titans. And she was like, hey, I got something I need to tell you. And I didn't think she was going to tell me that she was pregnant or whatnot. But she told me, and we both just cried because we were so happy and excited, and then when we figured out it was going to be a girl first, I was even more excited about that because I was so excited um, to be a father to a daughter because there's no such, I don't think there's a better love than a than a father and a, and a daughter's love that they have for one another, and my daughter's six years old now, and that is my girl. Like, both of my kids are daddy's kids, but that—that that is my girl. She is a daddy's girl, one million percent.
1: Nice, man. Yeah, I, and one of the things, too, you know, when I hear you on ESPN Radio, especially now on your new show with uh, Fitz and here on ESPN Radio, man, I love the fact that you guys, well, especially you, you, you weave in the fatherhood stories, you know, even if you're filling in for, you know, maybe – Key or uh, Jay or Max in the morning and stuff like that. You guys bring in that fatherhood element. And I love hearing you on. And so when I was out for this opportunity, I'm like, of course I want Harry on. He's all about fatherhood, <laughs> man. So not only did you get to the NFL, you got to ESPN, the mothership, right, for sports broadcasting. So two, two high peaks in your career, right? So NFL yeah. and, of course, ESPN, hard work has to be part of that ingredients for your makeup. Besides hard work, what are the other values that you're looking to instill into your kids as they're growing up?
0: I'd say integrity, what you do when no one is watching you, honesty, discipline, having that balance. I think my parents being able to instill a lot of those qualities in me, my brother, and my sister growing up helped me throughout life. Um, Navigating when I got to college and also when I made it to the NFL, but now in my second career, being involved in the media and working with ESPN. Uh, all I ever known was hard work, and I learned that through my parents. And I can honestly say, no one ever gave me anything. Like I honestly worked my tail off of everything that I've accomplished and everything that I've that, that I've gotten to this day. But it's just some about hard work with me. Anything I put my mind to, I feel like I'm I'm going to accomplish it, just because I have that baseline principle of hard work, discipline, uh, dedication, and also integrity.
1: Nice man. Yeah. And it definitely shows not just on the NFL, but of course on ESPN as well. What is something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there, but once you became a dad that, you know, they brought that out in you.
0: I would say no matter how young or how old someone is, it's still okay to be a a listener and to be a good one. It's, It's times where, you know, even though my kids are six and three right now, like every day when they come home from school, I ask them how was their day. And I I, I make sure my ear is, is really listening to what they're saying just in case they're trying to tell me some, if they can't express it the way they really want to express it. And I think that's big for being a parent is not just, you know, pointing a finger and always saying, feeling like you have to talk to your kids about things, but also being able to listen to your kids and what they're trying to tell you um, about other things going on in their life, even at, at, at eight, six, and three.
1: Yeah. People say you got two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you're a perfect age for this with your, with your kids being six and three dad hack or piece of advice for new dads listening to this stuff? Like, you know, not, a lot of people come up and be like, Hey, I yeah. checked out your podcast because I just found out it was going to be a dad. A lot of cool dads on your show. What, you know, and, and I love the, you know, piece of advice segment. So piece of advice or dad hack to new dads, what would it be?
0: I don't think anything. I don't think there's a book or a manual to prepare you for uh fatherhood, a parenthood period. I just honestly do believe in um, the way you may have grown up and the way you may have done things might not necessarily be the way or the approach you you have to take with your kids. I think, you know, each kid or you just have one, they they're their own individual self. And make sure you're doing the best for each individual kid. Like, I may be able to say one thing to my daughter one way, but I might not be able to say it to my son another way. So being able to notice that uh, within my kids, so I know how to approach them and come to them about things that I I, I want to talk to them about or things I want to know about their lives. I think just understanding that, but also knowing when to be strict, knowing when to be the disciplinarian. I think all those things like like tie in together when it comes to fatherhood. But like my son the other day, he did something and I didn't like it, and he had to go to time out. But I still gave him a hug and told him I love him, but. One thing I explained to him, I'm not going to sit here and and, and let you do what I know you just did. But I love you to death, son. You're my baby boy. Your name after me. You're the fifth. You're Harry Douglas the fifth. But at the same time, showing him that love, also why he's being disciplined and have to go to timeout, I think that's huge.
1: Love that, man. Yeah, I hope new dads you know take your words to heart, man, because that is so true. Just want to say, too, I'm the third and the fact that you know you're the fourth and your son's the fifth who knows <laughs> you. because every time like just i just want to get this off my chest because you know I have two daughters and mm-hmm. it was funny my wife's like i'm not really a fan of the name art i'm like all right cool <laughs> you know she's my toughest critic and i appreciate her for it right but like she's like what about if we name him like art since you're a jordan fan like aj or something i'm like no if we're going to name him, if if it's a boy we're going to name him art it's going to be all the way through <laughs> And one of my friends is like, what, are you trying to build a dynasty? I'm like, no, there's just something about passing on that legacy, right? There it
0: is, man. It, it, it's very important. And that's another reason why I don't let people play with my name. Because, you know, my dad, who's the third, and my grandfather, who is junior, my great-grandfather, who's senior, and both of those guys, you know, one was in Vietnam and the other one was in World War II. Our family name means everything. And I'm big on legacy. And uh, this weekend, they're actually naming – our high school basketball gym and gym floor after me and my brother. So when it's all about legacy and you talk about name, my son being the fifth, that means everything to me. My daughter is named Harrison. And that wasn't my idea. That that, that was my wife's idea. My wife was like, well, let's let's name her Harrison. Uh, But we all have the same initials. My wife's the only one who doesn't have the same initial, but she took on the last name and she carries it very, very well. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I, I thought... You know, naming my son the fifth, it was a no-brainer, and my wife was excited when we got the boy, and she said, "We're done." <laughs> so I, I respect it. I got the best of both worlds, though, and I'm just hoping and praying, and I'm going to try to convince my son to make sure he keeps it going, and his son be the sixth.
1: <laughs> and also, congratulations on that uh, that accolade, man. It's so cool. Like for your roots Thank again, you. legacy, where you have that people like seeing the hard work that you put in and you're being rewarded, and it's a cool thing probably f- not just for your wife but your kids too. Again, you're you're you're. You're bringing on that legacy even more, and you're showing the influence you've had with hard work and integrity, right?
0: Yes, but uh, and I'll say the main thing is uh, sowing seeds to others and giving back to the community. Right. Because what me and my brother have been able to accomplish on a basketball court or a football field has it been amazing? Yes, but I think the thing that we're most proud of and adding my brother, my brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad into the equation too is being able to give back to our community where we grew up. And I think that 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 means more to me than anything. Well, number one, being a father and being a husband, but then also being able to sow seeds and help others in need um when they aren't in positions to to help themselves.
1: Great answer, man. Appreciate that. And again, like I said earlier, congrats on your new show. Again, hard work, man. Like I said, it was cool hearing you come up through almost like the ESPN radio ranks, right? <laughs> You'd help out when people would need, you know, fillers or yep. like, hey, we need a guest boxing us out. And it was first like two, like, You showed, you know, you showed your chops when people bring you in. Obviously, former NFL player want to get your insight, especially the pulse to the game is very new to you and all that. And, like, people can understand the the things you talk about are more relatable, right? But then you see, like, all right, you know, he's on this whole week. So I love that. Talk a little bit about, like, the transition from the NFL – to mm-hmm. the broadcasting world because that like both are doggy talk world of competitions, man. I used to be in radio. So talk yeah. a little bit about that transition, maybe like the biggest hurdle for you from the NFL to uh, broadcasting.
0: I would say, honestly, um, while I was still playing in Tennessee when I used to be in the off season, I would come home and I would intern. Well, actually, no, it started in Atlanta. I started in Atlanta. I think believe my last year in Atlanta, I started interning at a radio station two nine the game and their program director at the time, Terry Fox, Uh, He's no longer there. He's in Austin, Texas now. He allowed me to do an internship. And literally, I thought day one was going to be, you know, I go in there and I watch everybody do their thing. No, no, no. He (laughs) threw me to the wolves and to the fire day one. And I appreciate him for it. Um, But every offseason, I was able to do that. I got done with football. My first year being done with football, I, I literally just wanted to live life. Because, you know, like when you're under that microscope, it's a lot of things you have to sacrifice and you're not able to do. I just literally want to live life. So my first year out, I just, I literally lived life. (laughs) (laughs) I was traveling all over the place and my wife was like, I think we need to relax. (laughs) I was like, no, 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 no. Um, But I will say I started freelancing with ESPN. Uh, Well, first, let me say this. I wanted to go to law school or get into coaching. It took Terry Fox, who I consider as my mentor, to sit me down and tell me that he thought I had a career in media. Did I listen the first time? No. But he came to me again, and he really stressed it, and he 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 told me I, he thought I should listen to him. I listened to him. I trusted him. And lo and behold, I'm here today. Uh, but I got done with that first year. I started freelancing in 2019 and I'll tell you, man, I actually hit a, hit a place that a lot of people don't know. And I'm actually going to talk about it right here. And I think this is the first time I'm going to talk about it actually publicly. But I auditioned for ACC Network in 2019, and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time in my life that, you know, you work hard for something and, and I actually didn't get it. But what I didn't do, I didn't go back feeling sorry for myself or saying, you know what, they didn't pick me because they... Did. No, I never, I never took that approach. I told myself, I said, okay, well... There's something I didn't do right. That's how I looked at it. For, forget what anybody else had to say. I, I, I looked at it as like, okay, what can I, what could I, I have done better within that audition to get to the point of where I am picked. Yeah. And I just went back to the drawing board. And next thing you know, COVID happens. So I started my own little, uh, my own show, the HD Connection, and where I started utilizing my relationship that I had with a lot of people that I met through the the, the game of football, and also. Um, that people that own companies and stuff. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start interviewing people on my own because the COVID year, I wasn't able to do anything with ESPN because they still had to, you know, give their workers and the people they had employed work. Yeah. So I did that. I did the uh, pregame show for the Falcons, postgame show for the Falcons, uh, co-hosted a show rise up tonight as well. So I got to get them a, love, a lot of love to Fox five Atlanta because they, 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 they were able to give me a platform as well. And I did that. 19, I go back to 19, worked at national championship and I'm feeling good, man. I'm like, gosh, man, I'm gonna ha- I'm a, I'm gonna finally get this contract. COVID came in that year was a very, I won't say depressing, but it was, it was a down year just because of your expectations. And for one thing to happen and, and for all of it to be gone like that, it, it was tough to deal with, but no one ever knew because, I'm still happy me, jolly me, but it was something I told my mom about and my mom knew. Yeah. And she, my mom being a devoted Christian, she 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 helped me out through the entire process. So we come back around again and I know I'm gonna be able to do a lot of digital stuff for ESPN, but I was like, my agent hit me up and was like, hey, ACC Network has, a, has another um, audition. So I just, you know, me, I just felt so confident at the time. I didn't get it for a second time. But I, but I said to myself, I was like, okay, you really, really, really have to put the bring out the microscope and really dive deep into uh, uh, and what you didn't do or what you could have did better. And that's what I did. And I came back the following year. I was able to work with College Game Day and be full time. And that's the year I was able to do radio for the first time for ESPN Radio. and. Now I have my own show, and it's a blessing. I do a lot of first take. I'm, I do some get up. I was able to fill in a lot with the guys. And one of the things I, I believe I did that was, I think key to a lot of people who who might, you know, pay attention to to what I'm saying right now is that when ESPN asked me to do something, I never turned it down. And it wasn't about at the time, it wasn't about the money I was making because, if the money wasn't like that. But that 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 that's not what it was about for me. From the moment I started media, though, yeah. But for me, it was all about Harry, you interned
1: the reps, so there's no money
0: there. <laughs> oh yes, yes. It, it was for me. It was about getting the reps, understanding the business, and trying to figure out how I can be better uh, within within the role I had. And it was just a blessing because one of the things I never wanted to do was take handouts either. I always wanted to start from the bottom and grind and show people my work ethic and prove I was worthy of being in a position that I was in. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, it can get tricky, man. People can, Hey, he only has that because he played a professional sport, but people that know me know my work ethic is going to exceed any of that all day, every day. I'm a grind from the moment I get there from the moment uh, I'm not doing it anymore. And that's just how I was built. And I thank my parents for, for that mindset.
1: Love the story. Love the hard work. Again, that's another example of how you can talk to your kids about never giving up, right? Because yep. you just like the NFL, just like now broadcasting, right? You have to put that work in, and you are going to get the you know the door saying like you know not slam in your face, but you're going to get you know some things shut in your face, being like, yeah, you can't. Not just now. Hey, but- you
0: know, you know, you know what I would say also though too, is that never burning bridges. Just because I didn't get the ACC network gig. I I've still been in contact with everyone who was in that room making those decisions. Yeah. Right. I still have love for everyone that was in that room. One of the people that was in that room is my agent right now to <laughs> this day. It's my agent. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, understanding, you know, the process and understanding where you need to be better yeah. within your craft and learning from it and not trying to blame others what you might not get but it's also a sense of god telling you it might not be your diamond at that moment
1: yep yeah and there's a reason why and then obviously now look you got your own radio show but i love the fact that like you know you're talking about atlanta like no they brought you in they threw you to the mic as much as people think, like you know, armchair quarterbacks or you know, money, money <laughs> quarterbacks, like, oh, I would have like, I could, I would have seen Harry open. Why, you know, why did they throw like to the like double cover? Like Harry was wide open. Okay, yeah, sure. And just like great, right like, oh, I can talk sports. I can do this all the time. And it's like, <laughs> maybe you can, sure, but probably one like there's that one percent of everyone that like that that has the chops that like you are a very personable guy you're fun you have great stories but obviously you have a knowledge of football and sports and can relate to athletes and give that mindset so i like i love the fact that you're like yeah oh he just got that because he played football
0: no well, i tell you, you 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 have to put the work in because there yeah. are athletes who you know will be get, get done with football and they get to the media world and they aren't good it's because they think they just get up there and just talk about whatever no 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 you have to study the amount of film that you studied when you played the game you have to be knowledgeable of multiple sports and understand what's going on. You have to put the same work in that you did when you played the game, when you're in the media world as well. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, that benefited me because I, I was like that regardless.
1: You're taking your notes, man, on your notebooks, right? I hear you. I see that. Oh, I yeah. hear that. <laughs>
0: yep.
1: Um, Just like, you know, quarterback wide receiver relationship, but not if there's an audible or something like that, you got to build up that chemistry. Obviously, you and Jason Fitz are great together and all that. How was building that chemistry almost like, I wouldn't say a quarterback wide receiver, but just building that relationship?
0: It was wonderful. When I started in 2019, the first time I did Countdown to College Game Day was with Jason Fitz. It was at Baylor, um, literally at Baylor. And quick story, a lot of people laugh about this. It's the first time I'm going to say this live too. I knew some of the coaches at Baylor at the time. So I, I lied to the producer of Countdown to College Game Day. I was like, you know what? I'll be in Baylor this weekend. I'm going to be visiting visit, visit, visiting some coaches. You know, if y'all have a spot for me to go on College Game Day, I would love to. <laughs> I didn't have anything booked. I wasn't going to to see the coaches at the time, even though I knew them. When they told me that, hey, we probably uh, will be able to get you on the show, I instantly booked my own stuff with my own money, own hotel, I stayed in Dallas and I drove to Baylor probably at like four in the morning to go down there. But it, I'm just, I I was that willing to be able to get that opportunity. That was the first time me and Jason Fitz worked together and I was able to do it. uh, countdown to college game day again for the SEC championship. But then the following year I was doing uh, the college football show and me and Fitz were paired up and, our relationship naturally gave us that chemistry on camera and we just understood one another. Some people have to work at it. Some people don't really have to work at it. And me and Fitz, I believe, I just, we understood each other enough by being around one another, understanding the do's and don'ts, what makes us, uh, you know, get riled up, what what, what feeds our, our ego at the time that we're talking to to bring out the best us, you know what I mean? And we were able to do that and we would fill in together on radio at times, and it just felt good every time we did a show. And you know the people in in higher positions noticed it as well. And now now we're here with our own show, Fitz and Harry.
1: Love it, man. Uh, two more questions before I finish off for the Father of Quick Five. And again, especially with NFL playoff time and just a lot of things that you got going on. I appreciate you being generous with your time. Speaking of football, what do you miss most about your playing days?
0: Locker room. Mm. The guys. Seeing 35 and 36-year-old guys with families as a as a youngster when I came in the league, um, their dad and husband when they're home, but seeing them at like six and seven-year-olds when they're in that locker room. You know, going out there with a common goal and working hard with everyone on your team because you don't want to let that 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 individual or everyone else on that team down. That that's what I miss. I miss the locker room and playing cards and with the guys and having fun and telling crazy stories. When I was in Atlanta, we used to have this show called D block that William Moore and, you know, uh, a lot of the the old heads used to host at the linebacker position and just being on D block and having fun. We, we had some great times, man. And I was fortunate enough to play for two organizations in which our locker room was close. Mm. Uh, offensive lineman, D lineman hung out with receivers and, it was all mixed when I was Atlanta. But when I went to Tennessee, it was that same way. I remember me, Brian Arakbo, Wesley Wood it was already there. Uh, Jarrell Casey was already there. Derek Morgan was already there. A few of us had came in as free agents. And we had built this bond to the point to where we did so many things together. And I thought that made us a, a good team. And why we made the playoffs our, our last year in Tennessee, because we were so close-knit. And it's one of the main reasons why we had success when I was in Atlanta. But the locker room full-fledged man and it, it, it was a fun place it was a fun safe haven place even to the point of where if things were bothering you you can come in there your, your teammates will uh console you and make sure that you're good too
1: thank you for sharing that and that's one thing you hear about sports especially in football i remember L- roy butler when i had him on and he's like you know we're talking about like when i asked him about what he missed most he's exactly said the locker room he's like mm-hmm. also too you have people from all walks of life coming together and understanding. Right. And they had that safe point. So if someone said something on a turn or whatever, they didn't get canceled, they would just be like, hey, probably not the best thing. And then they would learn from each other. And it was just That's the right. ideas, like the, like you said, common goal. And if everybody kind of had that mentality, I think we would get along a lot better, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 100%. And and I will say this, because you know you have a lot of other different sports, but I don't think any sport like football brings people together from different ethnicities, their backgrounds, religion, sexuality. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't think football brings people together more. I think, I do believe football brings people together more so than any anything else in, the, in our world.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, one more question, like I said before, follow quick five. What are you most proud of just, you know, you know, especially getting to the NFL, getting to that highest mountain. When you look at back at your career, um, you know, mm-hmm. the average career is like three years, right? Or two and a half, three years, whatever. But mm-hmm. like you played a long time. So talk about like what you are most proud of playing in the
0: NFL. I'll be honest with you. I'm the most proud of being a father, nice. being a husband. And most importantly, um, representing the family name the correct way. Yeah. You know, like we we love sports and we love things like that. But for me, I always believe it's a bigger picture. So representing my family name, the Douglas name, the right way. My grandfather passed away when I was young and everyone said that's the one human being that act like one million percent. So realizing and knowing he's smiling down saying, "Okay, my grandson is representing the name the correct way. Never letting my father down in certain ways because I want to go out there and be stupid and do something that would embarrass all of us. Uh, becoming a father and being there for my kids and being able to take them to school and pick them up from school and doing homework with them. That means the world to me being a husband and uh, loving my wife. And she's the only woman I ever love, And, you know, that means a lot to me. So those three things in my life period, and then football will probably be third uh, or fourth. <laughs> <laughs> nice, fourth. Thank you very much. Father,
1: quick five.
0: And I know probably, especially
1: for your youngest, it must be tough to like, so it doesn't have to be a movie, it could be a show, because sometimes kids, I remember my daughters are uh, uh, 14 and 12, but when they were your age, it's hard like having them watch a whole movie. But favorite TV show or favorite family movie right now is?
0: For me or for our family?
1: For your family, like a great family. Oh my
0: gosh, they're they're, they're big on Black Panther and Avatar right now. Nice. Yeah, they're they're big (laughs) on both of those right now
1: especially Bam. we we
0: have we haven't let them see the the new avatar. Me and my wife seen it, but yeah. we let them, you know, watch the the first one uh on, on the TV and they might fall asleep uh hour 45 minutes within, but they they're so amazed by the people being blue and <laughs> being able to do a lot of this. like why are they so bigger than the other humans? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the right. way they made them.
1: It's great having those conversations when they see something like and they just have like that just you know, my, like just endless curiosity. I love it. Um, well, my daughter asked me about,
0: when I picked her up from school yesterday, she asked me about, dad, what are taxes? She's in first grade. Asked me about taxes and then also asked me about, you know, soldiers that protect our country. Oh, so nice. we had to have that conversation yesterday. <laughs> nice.
1: Best way, like, especially like, you, you know, you don't have the dad tax, right? So if they get mm-hmm. something really like, like, you know, French fries or an ice cream cone, it's like, all right, here's the dad tax. I paid for it. There you go. I need a little sample, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I do that every day. I pick them up from school. Yeah. Um, And I, uh, when I open their chips or their, their, their gummies for their snack, I reach in there and take a couple and they already know. Now, if you complain, I'm snatching it back. <laughs> I'm snatching it back. That means you don't want to share. I'm giving you something and you don't want to share. <laughs> Love it. Um, and they, and- but they do it. They do it to me too, though. Oh, yeah. Like oh, I was yeah. eating chicken wings in the car yesterday and my daughter said, well, you know, it's good to share, Daddy. I think you should share a few of your chicken wings with me. <laughs> and I had to share them. You're like, oh, man, they
1: are listening to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, favorite family song or band that you guys like to listen to together as a family?
0: Uh, I'm going to go Leave the Door Open by Bruno Mars. Nice. That's our song. And uh, we dance to it. And me and my daughter, we have our father-daughter dancing time. But I'll say... Also, nonstop by Drake. My daughter and son loves that song. Nice. They love the flip, flip. They, they, they love that little part. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be?
0: The perfect family vacation. I would say Disney. Okay, nice. but we did Disney without my son. I would say when my sister-in-law got married. Uh, we all went to New Orleans and had like a big, sweet room. So my kids thought like it was okay to just run around and be crazy and be loud all night long. <laughs> and my daughter, I, I remember my daughter and son coming to me both and they was like, this is the best vacation ever. It was fun. So I think anywhere that we can go and bond and the kids can really enjoy it. Nice.
1: Uh, like I said, on ESPN, when you're not just, you know, with your show, Fitz and Harry, but also, um, when I hear you on the radio, you guys talk about a whole wide, wide range of things. I'm a sneakerhead. I know you guys were talking about sneakers and all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Favorite sneaker for you? Do you have
0: one? Oh, Jordan 11s. Nice. I got married. Jordan, in Jordan, Jordan 11s. <laughs> nice. Hands down. No question. Yep. Jordan 11s. <laughs> well said, man. Yeah. I got married in the black and uh, red
1: ones, the bread ones.
0: So um, I have the, I have the Ray Allen ones. I haven't brought them out yet. Oh, nice. I was going to wear them on uh, this just in one Wednesday when I was flying up in New York to go do it. Cause it, I had orange in my, in my suit. Yeah. But I was like, dad, nah, I didn't know if I was going to be standing up on the big screen that day. So I, so I didn't, I didn't wear them. Yeah.
1: you. Know, it's also like, especially when you pull out a special pair like that, like is the weather going to be good? Like how's that oh, going to yes. be? Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes.
1: And lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be?
0: Amazing. Let's see. I'll go amazing honest, hardworking.
1: Great three words right there. People, make sure you follow Harry on Twitter and Instagram at hdouglas83. Check him out on his show, Fitz and Harry, on ESPN Radio, noon Eastern. Obviously, if you go to ESPN, you can check out the podcast, all that good stuff. I wish you and your family continued success. Really love your, your take on fatherhood and your insight on fatherhood. It's been a blast chatting with you, and I'm glad you got your show, man. Just, again, proves the hard work you put that in, and after a while, people will notice. But, again, thank you for the time.
0: No, thank you so much. I really appreciate you.
1: Thanks for checking out this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And also go to artoffatherhood.net. You can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly Dad's Doing It Right column, the Collector of the Week, and many more. Plus, you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games, collectibles, all that good stuff. Go to artoffatherhood.net, and please make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts because that'll greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.